Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Live from Liverpool, the Dark Paranormal Season. Hi everyone, welcome back to The Dark Paranormal Season 10. And first off, a huge thank you to everyone who reached out following last week's episode. And of course, everyone who's been over to visit the new website, thedarkparanormal.com, where not only can you find links to all of our social media, but you can also browse to see if there's any sort of merchandise that you'd like and also send in your true paranormal experience for the show. Speaking of which, today's true paranormal experience is a guided tour through somebody's paranormal life. And it finds us asking the question, does this thing run in our genes? We know there are hundreds of genetic markers which can travel through a family tree to affect your health, be it mentally or physically. But one thing that can't be measured is the ability to deal with the darkness on the other side. Is this also something passed down through the lineage of a family? Something hereditary? Well, if today's true paranormal experience is anything to go by, the answer is a resounding yes. However, before we get to our true paranormal experience for today, we need to say a huge thank you to our team over at Patreon. When you sign up to Patreon, not only do you receive these episodes both ad-free and before everyone else, you can also gain exclusive access to the Patreon-only podcast, Dark Bites. 
Dark Bites is a show which is released each and every week and there are currently well over 30 hours worth of Patreon-only content for you to binge through. The show is released every week of the year, even on the downtime between seasons, meaning you never miss your paranormal fix. We've built a wonderful community of like-minded paranormal enthusiasts over on Patreon and we'd like to extend an exclusive invitation just for you. Simply head over to patreon.com forward slash the dark paranormal, just like these wonderful new team members have. David Heiser, Jenny Paul, Danny Preston, Ben Curry, Maddie Sims, Amy Solkovitz, Martha D. Sanchez, DJ Gamer King 317, Lil Ruji, Moishi Gator, Erica Ganier, Tara Coleman, Amy Leather, Steph Altman, Stacey, Lysana Anderson, Sam, Neil Vanderkebus, Tyler McKenzie, Tommy Jordan, Bridget Bilker, Cassidy Wilkerson, Avon L, Leigh Bunce, AJ Catesmark, Max Kerry Carruthers, Charlene Lima, Jean McGowan, Susie T, Megan Burnett, Erin Crozier, Fanny Garcia, Abigail McIntyre, Carl Steinkoff, Kelly Northway, P. Wyland, Courtney Morris, Crystal Denisulk, Great Dawn Ninny, Claire Thompson, Samantha Sanford, Tristan Brooke, Annie Tomarup, Denita Kelly, Richard Cruz, Alexa Amato, Kerry O'Connor, Katie and Alicia Briano Caduto. Thank you so much, guys. I truly appreciate the support of the show and hope that you enjoy all of those early released episodes and, of course, the back catalogue of Dark Bites episodes with new episodes each and every week. If you'd like to join our team, head over to patreon.com forward slash the dark paranormal but right now lower the lights make yourself comfortable and of course leave your disbelief at the door as we hear all about how it's in the blood i want to preface this by saying i've always been sensitive and quite drawn to the paranormal and otherworldly happenings. And so, the following encompasses the various experiences that I've had over the course of my lifetime. Any names used, aside from my own, have been changed to protect the privacy of those mentioned in these experiences. I've lived in the state of New Jersey for most of my life, with the exception of a few years during which I lived in Maryland to attend university. Growing up, I was raised in the Catholic faith, and although my immediate family were not avid churchgoers, my great-grandmother and her sister went multiple times a week. They emigrated from Italy in the 1940s, along with my maternal grandmother and her siblings. I feel like it's important to my story to note that prior to leaving Italy, my great-great-aunt was a nun in their local convent, and was very dedicated to the church. Unfortunately, her mental illness became severe. She was later diagnosed paranoid schizophrenic, and the church disowned her, throwing her out of the convent and revoking her sisterly status. This eventually led to her joining my great-grandmother in the States. All of this basically emphasises the fact that I grew up with a pretty vast knowledge of good and evil, in the most spiritual of senses. My mum always spoke of how my grandma was gifted, and alluded to her being involved in witchcraft. We even had a saying in my household while I was growing up, witch's honour which we would say to prove we were telling the truth. 
I never really thought much of this because it's just how I grew up. Later in life, I learned that my grandma had used a Ouija board with a few of her sister-in-laws. They were all asking questions as one does, and one of her sister-in-laws asked, When will my husband die? The planchette moved to the number seven, and then to the number eight. Being young women at the time, they assumed 78 stood for the age at which he would die. But they were terribly mistaken. You see, in 1978, her and her husband went on vacation. As a thrill-seeker, he engaged in cliff-jumping, jumping off the ledge into the water below, and he found a great spot. He hit the water, but he never resurfaced. After learning of that, my grandma allegedly destroyed the board, only for my mum to find it in our basement years later. We suspect that she continued to use it in secret. Either way, I was always explicitly told that I was to never use a Ouija board or even bring one into the house. I had my first paranormal experience when I was around the age of six or seven. I was supposed to be sleeping at my aunt and uncle's house for the night whilst my mum was out, but I got very homesick in the middle of the night. My grandma and I were very close, so her home was like a second home to me. Naturally, with my mum not being home, I called my grandma to come and pick me up, and I spent the night at her house. During that night or early hours of the morning, the apartment above my grandmother's home had caught fire. My grandma froze in fear, and before she was able to act, an off-duty firefighter, who was driving by, oddly taking a route he'd never took before, saw the flames and ran into the house to get us out. He ended up passing away about a week later, apparently from unrelated circumstances. A few days after his passing, I was stood outside of the house while my family was cleaning up some of the debris from the fire. I looked across the street and saw a human-shaped form of light stood on top of one of the cars parked on the street. I turned around to call my mum, and when I looked back, it was gone. I proclaimed, Mummy, I just saw an angel. Everything's going to be okay. I remember this so vividly that I can still recall that sense of peace that I felt after seeing that bright light. Now, whether or not it was the firefighter checking in after me, I don't know. What I do know is that we did end up being okay. The fire didn't damage the downstairs property at all, except for the smell of smoke, so my grandma was able to keep living there. My next experience didn't occur until years later. I was about 11 years old, and me and my mum were moving into our new home. The entire community was brand new, as in we were the first to live in the house. I finally had my own room after years of needing to share for one reason or another and could not be more excited to start making this space my own. I was in the middle of moving things into my room. I plugged in my clock radio and sat it down on the nightstand before turning on the radio. 
I listened to some music whilst unpacking my clothes for a while, until I decided I wanted to take a break. I turned off the radio switch before turning to walk out of the room. As I reached the door, I heard the radio come back on. I paused, froze rather, before I thought to myself, I must have accidentally set an alarm. I turned around and walked over to the clock to double check, sure that I had somehow set an alarm to go off that afternoon. But when I went to check, the alarm was switched to the off position. I looked at the clock face and sure enough, the little red LED dot next to where it said alarm was not lit up. However, the dot next to where it said radio was lit up, indicating that the radio was turned on. I checked the switch and it was moved to the on position. I moved the switch back to off and began to turn away. Now, I don't know what made me do this, but I stopped myself, turned back towards the clock and pausing briefly before unplugging it from the wall. I watched the numbers on the clock face disappear, turning it into a completely blank and blackened surface, and then waited a few seconds, all the while staring at the clock, and nothing. Okay, I simply must not have moved the switch all the way to the off position the first time round. No big deal. I started back towards the door and... Once again I heard the sound of the radio... Only, this time, not the station I'd set it to. This time I heard nothing but static coming from the speakers. I ran back to the clock, turned the volume down all the way, as if that was going to help, grabbed the whole thing and threw it at the back of my closet, before darting out of the room. My mum looked at me and asked, what's going on? I looked at her, wanting so desperately to tell her, but I was unable to. I couldn't say the words... I muttered, nothing, and didn't end up telling her until years later. But she instantly believed me. In her words, I had things happen there too. But she never told me what. Unfortunately, that house is also where we suddenly and unexpectedly lost my grandma. When I was 16... I was staying up late with my grandma, as we like to do every once in a while. She was watching some sort of medical show on TV, and I was on my laptop, occasionally glancing at the TV as well, and we were chatting off and on. The show that was on was one of those medical shows that, before going to commercial break, would show a multiple-choice question on the screen relating to the topic of the episode and then it would reveal the answer when the break was over, before going on with the show. The question was something along the lines of, When performing CPR on an adult, what is the correct ratio of chest compressions to breaths? I remember thinking, Oh, we just learnt about this in school. So I said out loud, 30 to 2, almost perfectly matching the narrator's timing, whilst giving the same answer. I went back to focusing on my laptop for a bit and then, still browsing, I asked my grandma a question. But she didn't answer. I said, Hey, Mum Mum, which was my name for her. 
Did you hear me? Still nothing. I peeked up over the laptop screen and saw that she'd fallen asleep. Well, this wasn't surprising, as it was nearing midnight at the time. But she'd fallen asleep sitting up. I called out to her again. I didn't want her to have a sore neck the next day. So I decided to wake her up so she could go to her bed and lay down properly. She still wasn't answering. I got up from where I was sitting and walked over to her. Something was wrong. Terribly wrong. Mum, mum, wake up! I half shouted. My mum, hearing all the commotion, had woken up and was walking into the room. I told her what was going on and I made the decision to check Grandma's pulse. Nothing. I don't remember many exact details after this point. I do remember calling 911 and the operator guiding me through CPR. I remember the paramedics coming in and the family starting to arrive. But she was gone. As the coroner took the body from the house, they passed my grandpa on the way out. They'd long been divorced due to his abuse, but he still claimed he loved her, and I guess he sort of did in his own way. As her body passed his, her arm fell from the gurney and brushed against him. That was it. He swore relentlessly that it was her way of telling him that he would be next to go. Not just the next to go, but he claimed that she was going to come back for him, to seek revenge for how he treated her during the marriage. A year to the date of her funeral, my grandpa was in his wheelchair on the sidewalk when a car mounted the pavement and hit him. Despite the car going under the speed limit and even having minimal visual damage, we were told after several surgeries that he would never recover and was only being kept alive by machine. We made the decision to take him off life support only a week from the day of the accident. I still struggle with the events that transpired that night. Was it a coincidence that the one question... I happened to pay attention to that night related to CPR and I would have to perform the actual act myself not even an hour later. Did my grandma really put a claim on my grandpa's life? Was this the alleged witch in her? I'll never know for sure and I'll never be able to prove anything but the whole situation does not sit right with me. And I don't think it ever will. Let's have a quick break to talk to you about Policy Genius. Now, we all like to put off life insurance talk because it reminds us of our mortality. But life insurance isn't about death, it's about life. It's about ensuring the lives of those you love remain secure and comfortable. And I'm sure many of you will think, well, I'm covered through work or I'm covered through my bank account. But believe me, you want to check those finer details because you may be surprised what you're actually covered for. And this is exactly where Policy Genius come into their own. Yes, we could talk about how Policy Genius is America's leading online insurance marketplace or how their award-winning agents will walk you step-by-step step through the entire process. But the best thing about Policy Genius for me is they don't have a dog in the fight. 
They're not going to strong arm you towards one company or another. They've no incentive to do so. Their only incentive is to listen to your needs, scour America's top companies, and find you the best price. For example, with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that begin at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options even offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. There's a reason why Policy Genius has thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot, and you'll find out what it is when you tick life insurance off your to-do list with Policy Genius. So head over to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about. In your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit score grows, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or home. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Bill Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members of FDIC, out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. My next significant experience didn't happen until I was 22. At this point, I was living in Maryland and attending university, while also working full-time. I went for a day trip to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, along with a few friends of mine to check out some of the historical landmarks. Once night fell, we found ourselves joining along on a haunted tour. Our group consisted of myself, my three girlfriends and two couples, each with one man and one woman. Needless to say, throughout the evening, we all got to know each other's voices pretty well, through various conversations. It had been at least an hour and a half, and nothing was happening. It was night time. We'd been outside the entire time so far. And it was cold. And I was tired. And for the life of me, I honestly wanted nothing more than to finish the tour. And that's when we arrived at an old orphanage. The last stop on the tour. And the only part to actually be indoors. We started by touring the main two floors, which were set up as a museum during the daytime. The building as a whole had an unnerving feeling. 
but that feeling only intensified when we entered the basement. The basement was not part of the museum, and so it was the same unfinished cement room that it was at the time the orphanage was running. The only thing that had changed was the addition of two wooden benches for the purpose of this haunted tour. We all took a seat on these benches as the guide began to tell us about the basement and how it was used as a form of punishment for the children there. There was a small hole in the wall that was about two and a half feet in diameter, leading to a crawl space about seven or so feet deep into the foundation. When a child was particularly bad, they were unbelievably sent into that hole in isolation. We were given the opportunity to crawl into the hole and explore it, before getting a bit more history about the location. We sat back on the benches as the guide went on about what the children would endure in that basement. The fear, the utter... Suddenly we heard a woman scream. It was coming from the left of us, but the only problem with that was to the left of us there was a thick cement foundation. Weirder still, the scream sounded as though it was coming from within that foundation. Muffled, far away, but still a scream that you could tell was being yelled at the top of a person's lungs. We all turned to each other, unsure of what we heard with one or two people saying something along the lines of, did anyone else just hear that? Strangely enough, with the exception of being slightly startled, I didn't feel particularly frightened, and remained on the tour until the very end. We ended the tour by exiting through the museum doors. My friends and I walked up, collectively gave the guide a tip, and thanked her for the experience. As we turned to leave, we heard a distinctly male voice say, Thank you very much. I think it's important to note that, along with my friends and I being the last of the tour group, we were also very much the only people that were still visible in town, with the exception of the female tour guide, of course. My friends and I exchanged looks that were a mix of confusion, shock and fear and then we all turned towards the tour guide. Her face looked like it had been drained of all colour, and she stood with her eyes wide and her mouth slightly agape. One of my friends quickly asked if she was okay, to which she responded, Yeah, I'm okay. It's just... She paused. Even though paranormal things happen during the tour all the time... This is the first time it's happened directly to me instead of around me. She thanked us for coming and then hurried off to get back to the shop that ran the tours and we went on our way. My next experience happened after a huge change in my life. After dating someone and moving in together, getting engaged and starting to plan a wedding, my five-year-long relationship came to a rather abrupt end. Because of the timing coinciding with the last couple of weeks of our lease term, I had very little time to find a roommate and a new place to live that didn't include my ex. 
because of the living situation that I'd been in with my ex, I had to adjust rather drastically to be able to live within my means. Luckily, I was able to find a place in enough time, and I started to move my stuff in basically as soon as I signed the lease. My mum and my aunt had been helping me move, and one day while at my new apartment, we decided to take a nap and get some rest before continuing with the move. Being that I barely had any belongings at my new place, my aunt and I shared a mattress on my bedroom floor, while my mum laid down on the couch in the living room. We left the bedroom door open to give my two dogs the option to move between the rooms as they pleased. Just as I felt myself relaxing and beginning to reach the pre-sleep zone, my mum called out my name. Amber! What? I called back with slight annoyance in my tone. But she didn't reply. Mum! I called again, this time a little louder and with slightly more detectable annoyance. Still no answer from my mum. However, my aunt said, I think she's sleeping. What? No, she can't be, she just called my name, I insisted. And that's when my aunt told me that she'd been awake this entire time and nobody had said anything, much less call my name before I called out what the first time. I got chills, but I didn't feel threatened, so I decided to try once more to take a nap. By that point in time, my one dog had joined us on the mattress and was curled up next to my chest. I began to pet her as I allowed myself to settle back in, when suddenly someone whispered in my ear, She's so cute. I shot up in bed and asked my aunt, please tell me you heard that. Heard what? She replied. Well, that was an answer in itself. I didn't end up taking a nap that day after all. However, I did end up living in that apartment for the next year, per our lease. And I didn't experience anything else during that time. All of this brings us up to speed for my most recent experiences. I've moved back to New Jersey and I'm living with my mum and my aunt for the time being, with extenuating circumstances lengthening the amount of time that I'd expected to stay with them. I will say that aside from the occasional bump in the night or feeling of being watched, I hadn't had any significant paranormal experiences since that day in my old apartment, when I was 24, until now, at 30. And they didn't begin again until I started listening to your podcast. Now, that's not to say that I blame you for the goings-on or that you're responsible for the return of activity to my life. Not at all. But what I do believe, and I think that many listeners going through this will agree, is that by listening to your podcast, I have, in a way reopened my mind and sort of invited in some kind of energy to make me vulnerable to whatever entities have been lurking in the shadows this entire time. I feel that whatever it is that began to interact with me has been waiting for the perfect opportunity 
and it appears that the entity believes that opportunity is now. It was about two weeks or so after this most recent Christmas. I had recently celebrated my one-year anniversary with my boyfriend. We'll call him L. And I had not long before started listening to the dark paranormal. What this means is that, after discovering the podcast, I binged the hell out of it wherever I drove. When I drove to and from work, to my boyfriend's house, even during a quick run to the corner store. And I excitedly gushed to Elle about this great podcast I'd stumbled across. To give you a brief layout of my home, it's very small. You walk through the front door into the living room, and you can see into the kitchen straight in front of you through the archways for each room, connected by a hallway that is only two and a half feet wide and only six feet at most long. If you walk through the archway of the living room, turn left and take one single step, the bathroom would be directly to your right. My room is left diagonally, and my arch room is right diagonally. If you walk into the kitchen, directly in front of you is the stove and some cabinets. If you turn to your right and take a step, to your right would be a small kitchen table, and to your left would be the dishwasher and sink over the top of which is a window and a window ledge. The fridge would be to your left diagonally, and then against the wall you'd be facing a table that holds some of our plants. Well, it was one Saturday morning, and I was sitting on my bed scrolling on my phone when... I heard a loud crash come from the kitchen. I glanced up to look through my door. Due to the small size of the kitchen and the angle I was at with my door open, I could see perfectly into the room with enough visibility that I could tell if there was someone in there. But I didn't see anyone. At the time, my mum and aunt were both in the house with me. However, my mum is bedbound and unable to walk, so the only other person that could possibly be in there was my aunt. She was ruled out instantly as she yelled to me, Did you hear that? from the living room and I would have seen her walk past through the doorway following the crash, so I knew that she hadn't just gone into the living room either. We went in to inspect the situation together. One of the plants that Elle had given me some months before was on the floor. The reinforced ceramic planter that it was in shattered, and the clump of soil had landed in my dog's water bowl. Somehow, the pot had moved from the table that was against the wall and landed on the floor. With enough force to not just break it, but actually shatter it. Even though the table was only three feet off the ground at most. Still, I found myself looking for a reasonable and rational explanation for what happened. Was the table on a slope? I checked and the answer was a firm no. Was the wooden surface of the table slippery? perhaps with wood cleaner. No, I checked that too. Besides, if it was either of those two explanations, then why did it take months for the plant to fall off? And why did only one plant fall? Did the vibrations made by our walking eventually cause the plant to move to the edge of the table, making it only a matter of time before something happened to it? This seemed the most reasonable explanation, and, honestly, I was more than keen to believe it. 
There was one seemingly minor, but indeed very significant detail that led me to lean more towards a paranormal explanation, though. You see, when my plant was on the table, there was a metal orange bucket placed in front of it and empty. We'd gotten a gift in the bucket for the holidays, and we just hadn't found a permanent place for it in the house yet, storage or otherwise. The bucket was big enough in diameter that it more than doubled the size of the plant pot, and it remained on the table, untouched, unmoved, undisturbed in any and every way possible. And in order for that plant to have slid off the table in such a fashion, it would have needed to move the bucket, or it would have been moved as a result of it. But the way it sat there exactly as it had before the crash made it look as though someone, or something, had reached over, plucked my plant from the table, and brought it out and away from the table, before dropping it. I didn't know how to address the event with L. The next time we were physically together, I wanted to tell him so badly. After all, he'd given me the plant. Plus, I hated feeling so isolated by having to hold on to this knowledge without being able to say anything to anyone. I prefaced it by asking, well, begging him, please just don't think I'm crazy. Then I blurted it all out at once. El's response reassured me that he didn't think I was crazy at all. Holy shit! And then silence for what felt like a minute. I felt relieved, validated, and sane all at once. That is, until El followed up with something else. I didn't want to say anything to you, he began. But remember when I stayed at your place for Christmas? Well, remember how I stayed up for a while when you went to bed? I nodded. Well, I kept seeing shadows going back and forth past your doorway, in my peripheral vision. And whenever I tried looking directly at them, they'd go away. But as soon as I'd turn my attention back to whatever I was doing, they would reappear in my peripheral again. He went on to tell me that the shadows weren't human-sized, but more like a dog's height, and that he didn't want to tell me before because he didn't want to scare me. He figured since I'd experienced something of my own, on my own accord, I should know of other things going on within the house. He did repeatedly try to emphasise that he didn't feel threatened by the shadows, though. Two weeks ago... I'm homesick from work. I was in my room, tossing and turning in bed, finding it hard to go back to sleep after a terrible morning. I finally decided to sit up and keep my eyes open for a little bit to watch TV in an attempt to retire myself out. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw my dog go past my door, then back the other way. Less than a minute later, it happened again, and then again. Every time I would try and look, however, I couldn't catch him, and my other dog was in bed with me. After the fourth time, I got up to see what he wanted, because usually if he's pacing, it's because he needs to go outside. 
and lo and behold, he was sleeping on the couch. And he had been for the entire duration of the time that I'd seen him over and over. I'm certain that whatever I saw was the same thing that L told me he'd seen. I've caught it a couple of times since, but not constantly like that day I was sick. The most recent occurrence was about three nights ago. I was in a deep sleep when I woke up to the sound of my dog barking. This isn't necessarily unusual, as my dogs do sometimes bark in the middle of the night if they need water or a late-night bathroom break. When I woke up, I instinctively checked my phone for the time. 3am, exactly. I found it odd, but at that moment I wrote it off as coincidence, mostly due to still being half asleep. I got up and followed the barking, only to find my dog laying on my aunt's bed. He was facing the door and stopped barking immediately after I entered the room and turned the light on. I went back to sleep and didn't connect the dots until the next day, after I was relatively well rested. Was he even barking? Or was he fending off something in that doorway at 3am? And that's where I'm left today. I've speculated a lot about the causes behind my experiences. Part of me wonders whether my aunt's departure from the convent is in any way connected either directly or indirectly, as some sort of negative consequence, as a result of being excommunicated from a holy place. I'm pretty confident that my grandma's usage of the Ouija board has influenced my experiences overall, and I truly believe that she was involved in much more than that. Maybe my mum's allusion to witchcraft had more validity than I could have ever imagined. And perhaps not exactly white magic, either. Does my sensitivity have anything to do with having a gift, like my grandma? Or am I just more open-minded than most? As of now, I'm considering using sage in my house to cleanse the energy. I'll keep you updated with what I decide and what happens following that decision. Once again, thank you for everything that you do for your community of listeners and sharers alike. It was an honour being able to type up my experiences specifically for your show. All the best, Amber. Such an amazing compendium of paranormal experiences there sent in by Amber. And sincerely, Amber, thank you so much for that submission. Also, apologies for any paranormal activity the podcast may have kick-started. In all seriousness, though, there is that belief that the more you look into the dark, the less surprised you should be when something starts looking back. In all honesty, that's why I do this podcast seasonally. So during the downtime, I can at least not focus so heartily on the darker side of the paranormal. My other podcast, We Need to Talk About Ghosts, requires much less headspace, research and time. And although it's not everyone's cup of tea, it does allow me to relax for that few weeks between seasons before I need to start looking back into the darkness. And talking of darkness, 
next week's episode is potentially the darkest episode we've ever done. And I will advise it's not for young ears. It's an experience that will stick with you long after you've heard the episode. Believe me. But that's for next week. Right now, I'd like to thank each and every one of you for choosing to spend your time with me here on episode 3 of season 10. For our Patreons, I'll speak to you on Sunday for another episode of Dark Bites. And for everyone, I'll speak to you next week as we listen to episode 4 and possibly the darkest episode yet. Until then, remember, when you're discussing the paranormal, always try and leave some of your disbelief at the door. And I'll see you next time, here on The Dark Paranormal. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.